Welcome to Real Black Consciousness Forum Podcast. This is Big VJ. Today's conversation, we're going to talk about a uh, a mass shooting that occurred in the city of Chicago. We got the uh, video footage of it from the uh, surveillance angle. We're going to play it for the family. And of course, like we always do, once we play the video, we're going to come back and have a conversation about it. It involves gun violence. Um, you, you know, again, it's like we have more of these conversations more and more as of late. Um, but it's, um, we got to have that discussion, right? So let's play the video of the shooting. And then we'll come back and we'll discuss what we actually seen, all right? So the video is like a minute long. So, um. I mean, it's gun violence, so it's graphic. Um, I encourage anybody to uh, just fast forward if you don't want to kind of see um, the pain and suffering of our people. Um, also, I want to say, you know, of course, our hearts and prayers go out to the victims that was affected by the shooting. We have to be careful that we don't become numb to situations like this. Because it's feeling like it's it's numbing. What what happened? How many people got shot in Chicago? Oh, yeah. Well, compared to this status from last year, the numbers is this or the numbers is that, and it, it's like black pain is a real thing. Let's play the video. family and we're back did you hear that it sounded like a war zone man it sounded like the backdrop of an audio version of uh of like palestine or something or jordan over israel in the middle east or like um iraq you know but in fact they it sounds like Chirac. Because, you know, the youth, they give black cities these names after a violent mentality that's present there. So Chicago would be Chirac. And in Detroit, they say uh, Vietnam. Right? Not Vietnam. They drop the V and put the D in place and say Vietnam. Or um, not Philadelphia, but Philadelphia. Not Baltimore, 
but body mourn. Not Compton, but Bompton. Because Bompton shows more like a gang affiliation with the city, right? Showing that the city is gang related. And it's showing a closeness of what gang it's related to the most, right? But see, no matter what you call these cities, when it's being labeled as black on black crime, black on black homicide, you get a remnant of what people say, oh, see, there's no such thing as black on black crime. It's the same thing as white on white crime. It's like they can't even acknowledge what we have going on. It's a, it's a unique thing, man. Something is wrong with the black man's mind. I don't love my people no less because I tell you the truth. It's just the truth. We got a unique problem, and it's on a higher level than other ethnicities. But see, listen, Real Black Consciousness Forum Podcast, when you're speaking on the black community, right, I always live by a rule of thumb. Our people, to make it, to live in the inner city, to live in a black neighborhood, you have to go by the foundational rule. That foundational rule and principle is you can never show any signs of personal responsibility. That is the foundation of living in the black neighborhood. You can never show any signs of personal responsibility. So now we just viewed the shooting, right? We just we just heard the chaos. We heard the screams. You heard the if you never heard pain, I mean it's that's that's you listening to pain. This is black pain. This is people that look just like you going through pain. You can actually hear it, man. You're hearing screams and how you see men running across the street. Just you see a, a level of fear, man. We're looking at it. Even with that, though, you can never show signs of personal responsibility. So, like, if you hear the police chief come forward, right, or you hear community leaders or activists, they will never say, if you was involved in this shooting, we need you to come forward. We need you to turn yourself in. That's almost like a hidden joke to say that. Turn yourself in. But that's too much like personal responsibility. There's guys from the neighborhood they know who did this. They're not going to turn these people in because that falls underneath personal responsibility. And you can't, you can't ask anyone to come forward. So now here's the hood paradigm that you're stuck in. You can't ask anybody that's a shooter or a killer or a robber or a dope. You can't ask them to come forward and turn themselves in. Now, you can't turn them in if you're witnessing this and if you know that's them because that's snitching. That's a form of personal responsibility, but that's that falls underneath the line of snitching. So you can't do that. So now look at the dynamic that you live in. You can't tell when you see some person illegally doing something and then that very same person that's illegally doing something. They're not going to tell them themselves. So what do you have? You have the black community. And it's always going to be a war zone. 
And it's always going to be homicide leading any other places in the United States. Where black people live, the violence is going to be high. Because you can't show any signs of personal responsibility to get anybody to do anything. And you can't open your mouth because it's not your business. Even though what's going on in your neighborhood, that's not your business. Let's look at some numbers, family. Let's see what we got. Let's look at some numbers. Let's take a look at the city of Chicago. If you're from the city of Chicago, right, and you joined in on this podcast, we love you, family. We love you. Um, we love you, right? In the city of Chicago, 1,901 people have been shot this year. And at least 336 people have been murdered in Chicago through July the 2nd. Just let that breathe. There are people behind those numbers. Where is the counseling at? If you get 1,900 people been shot, man, I mean, now you need two types of recovery, right? The first form is physically. You got to recover from a gunshot wound physically, right? That falls underneath the physical rehabilitation right but you've been shot so that's a traumatic experience so who provides the counseling for the mental because when someone gets shot 1900 people that affects their mom their dad their children their neighbors their church members their mom's members their high school friends their facebook friends it traumatized everybody. Chicago had 658 murders in 2017, 567 in 2018, and 492 in 2019, according to Chicago police records, courtesy of a Dade County politician, is information. That means the world is watching. That means the world is watching. Let's go over a few more numbers, all right? Chicago is a Democrat-ran city, and it has 628 liquor stores, 183 payday loan businesses, and 54 title loan businesses. Just a few more numbers, courtesy of Real Black Contents Forum Podcast. So, if you're living in the city of Chicago and you're swamped with this gang mentality, this tribal mentality, right? Where black men are shooting and killing each other at an alarming rate. You know, how about one of the first things you should consider is that let's close down some of the liquor stores, right? You know, you can politically make your county your district, a dry county. Do you know what a dry county is? A dry county is what a politician does when he feels like the people are not making enough money or the area or the community mentality is not ready to have alcohol involved in their life. So what some politicians do, and this happened primarily in the South, right, what they call the Bible Belt, 
they will declare their county a dry county, meaning there won't be any sale of alcohol there. To keep the people sober-minded, right? If you have shootings at a level where 1,900 people have been shot, that's a good indication that the city needs to sober up a little bit. We don't need to be festive. We don't need no liquor. We don't need no beer. We just need to be sober-minded and move forward, right? But we see the mayor here, right? So let's take a closer look at the leadership of Chicago because um, we went over some numbers. Now let's go over the leadership. After the shooting occurred, the mayor of Chicago, Lightfoot, took to Twitter. She made a few posts I agree with. But this one stood out to me the most. And it says, under no circumstances will I allow Donald Trump's troops to come to Chicago and terrorize our residents. Huh? Family, I don't want to do this to you, but I have to. Um, We're going to play that video again, right? And then we're going to come back and have another conversation. Now, I want to reread the tweet by the mayor, Lightfoot, right? After we viewed the video for the second time. It says, under no circumstances will I allow Donald Trump's troops to come to Chicago and terrorize our residents. This is after 1,900 people have already been shot. And we watched the video of a shooting that occurred at a funeral home that affected 15 people. You got to remember what I always say when you talk about the black community, what she's actually doing. She's following the foundational rule and that foundational rule is you can never show any signs of personal responsibility. Who are Donald Trump's troops? Do you know any Donald Trump troops? I don't know any. I didn't know he had a personal military. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Were you aware of that? How many was aware of that? Donald Trump had his own personal troops. In fact, you know, when he first got elected, he said, you know what, man, this stuff in Chicago is going on too much. I'm going to send the feds in there to help clean it up. And you know what? They gave him so much pushback. No, nah, no, nah, don't don't bring no feds down here. We don't want to have this as a police state and don't send no feds down here. OK, nobody wanted Trump there. 1900 shootings later, now we're here. And when he doubles down and say, hey, listen, I think I'm going to have to really send the troops in this time. 
Under no circumstances will I allow Donald Trump's troops to come in Chicago and terrorize our residents. Too late. You're doing a great job of that by yourself, sis. Let's take a look at other Chicago entities, right? Let's see what the leadership is saying as a whole. This is just coming from the mayor's office. It's clear that she has a disconnect. But let's take a look at other entities and organizations that's in place to assist our people in Chicago. Let's take a quick look. Family, we're going to go to the NAACP Chicago Southside page, right? Courageous Communication and Collaboration, CCC, NAACP, right? Involved in the advancement of our people since 1909, right? National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. Right? You, you got to love the NAACP, right? We're going to go to the tab that says what matters because, of course, this is NAACP Chicago South Sign, and we want to see, you know, what is their goal and mission statement for our brothers and sisters, and they're doing their work on the South Side. Let's take a look. And it says, we are done dying. All right. I'm with that. Well, let's take a look at what the um, what's going on with the NAACP, right? And it says that the world faces unprecedented times and new realities during the global pandemic and incidents of hate and domestic terrorism are perpetuated, leading to routine brutalization of African-Americans. The health and safety of our people are at an unparalleled risk. Senseless hate crimes and incident of coronavirus cases and deaths spreading throughout the black community display a continuance of systematic racism and privilege granted to white people in America. Our communities are experiencing the worst outcomes on all fronts. From every location reporting data in the nation, African Americans are being harmed both in infections and fatalities in higher percentages. All right, this is coming out of the Chicago Southside NAACP. We must fight for equality during this uncertain time. We are done dying. So I just read off the first paragraph and um does it say anything about black on black violence in there? We're talking about a city that has 1,900 people have been shot so far this year. We still have more to go, but so far, right? Did you see anything about black-on-black gun violence in this at all? It says, we are done dying, and they put a lot on the coronavirus, and then they put some more on some hate crimes. I didn't know Chicago was filled with hate crimes. I I knew uh, Juicy Smollett had a hate crime. It, it turned out to be fake. So, Where's the personal responsibility at acknowledging that we have a problem with black-on-black gun violence. I didn't see any. Did you see any? This is leadership over 100 years old. 1909. Let's continue, though, right? Contract for Black America at your name, Chicago citizen, right? So let's say that. Contract for Black America Chicago citizens, ensure every student of color receives a quality public education that prepares him or her 
to be a contributing member of a democracy. Point two, create sweeping police reform, federal legislation mandating zero tolerance approach and penalizing prosecuting police officers who kill unarmed, nonviolent, and non-resistant individuals in arrest. This is point two out of the Chicago NAACP on the South Side. Ensure quality, affordable health care for all people. Address the challenging economic realities facing our communities, including poverty, lack of jobs, and disproportionately high employment, high unemployment, lack of affordable housing, foreclosures, etc. NAACP Chicago, we are done dying. Um, Point two is pointing the finger at police reform. Nothing on black on black gun violence. We're just all talking about police reform, better schools. What what good is all this if um, your community is dangerous? Like, what good is all this? You got the greatest school in the world, but there's shooters outside. You got the greatest police reform ever seen to man. In the state of Illinois. But there's shooters outside. Everybody's in the neighborhood on point three. Got affordable health care for all people. But the shooters outside. You got all the economic realities face. You beat them challenges on point four. Everybody got a good job. You know what I'm saying? Unemployment's down. Everybody got good housing. But there's shooters outside. What difference will it make? See, what these liberals try to make you think is that you're acting this way because you're poor. Right? See, you don't have any opportunity in your neighborhood, so you're violent. But they don't really believe that. They just tell you that. You know how I know they don't believe that? Because when you go to court after being arrested for gun violence, they never pull your zip code and say, well, listen, Jamarcus came from the south side of Chicago and it's violent. And there's no opportunities. And he came from a broken home and he shot someone else. So we're going to give him a lighter sentence because, listen, hey, there was no opportunity for him to do anything else. Do you think that happens when you get to that courthouse? (laughs) Of course that don't happen, man. Nope, don't happen. They don't believe it. They just tell you that they don't believe it. Let's continue with the NAACP, though. Let's continue. You got some contact information. Now there's a a portion designated for the justice of George Floyd where you can sign the petition. Um, You know, it's a great thing that we are concerned about other black lives around the country. This is the south side of Chicago, NAACP, and they have... um, a slot designated to speak about George Floyd. Have you seen any personal responsibility yet? NAACP. Right? I haven't seen any. But we continue. Criminal justice policy. Take action. Take action. Voting. And at the very bottom, NAACP. Southside Chicago, they took to Twitter, made a post over 12 hours ago, and the post said, 
75% of African Americans think that Donald Trump is the single most dangerous threat to African American people. Hashtag, we are done dying. Um, what's 75% of African American people they talking about? Southside Chicago, NAACP makes a post. 75% of African Americans think Donald Trump a white billionaire that lives in 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue in the White House, which is public housing, is the most single dangerous threat to African-American people. What threat? Threat to what? He's the shooter? You think individuals in Chicago is walking through the neighborhood, worried that Donald Trump is going to rob them at gunpoint and shoot and kill them? You think gangbangers in you think gangbangers in Chicago, right? Are gearing up with military grade weapons because they view Donald Trump as the most single dangerous threat to African American people. Do you think that? Huh? Wow. You can never show any signs of personal responsibility. This is an organization over a hundred years old. But I know what you're saying, VJ. This is the NAACP, man. These people is disconnected, man. They've been out the game for a long time. They don't really know what they're talking about, right? Okay. Let's take a look at some um let's take a look at some other organizational leadership in the city of Chicago. Let's see what we can uh let's see what we can come up with when we get there. All right, family, now we're on the Black Lives Matter page. Chicago branch, right? All right. This is more of a younger, refreshing form of leadership and organization, right? Maybe the NAACP is a little disconnected, right? 1,900 people got shot, and the NAACP said 75% of African Americans see Donald Trump as the single most biggest threat. <laughs> can't make this stuff up, bro. You can't make this stuff up, man. I'm like, bro. <laughs> Yeah, I got to say this, right? Before I dive into this uh, Black Lives Matter Chicago, check this out. See, you can't show any signs of personal responsibility when you deal with black people. That's just how it works, right? So now, you know, you go through the NAACP. We touched on the mayor. Where we at so far? Right? It's, it's somebody else's fault. The mayor blames Donald Trump. You know, she don't want Trump's troops to come in here and do this and that, Right? And then you got the NAACP says Donald Trump is the most single biggest threat to African-Americans at the tune of 75%. They didn't poll me, but at the tune of 75% is Donald Trump. Okay. Um, and then we talk about police reform, right? Then we talk about prison reform, right? But you know the reform I'm waiting for? We need... Negro mentality 
reform. Because <laughs> these Negroes need to be reformed. <laughs> the Negro mentality, man, it's unreal. It's like, um, it's like, when are we going to get that legislation? That That's what the black community is really waiting for. We're waiting for the Negro mentality reform legislation to pass so we can get that signed ASAP. <laughs> black Lives Matter Chicago, right? Justice for the families. All right, let's dive right into it. We honor your lives. We speak your names. We refuse to allow you to be erased. Justice for Families is a working group of Black Lives Matter Chicago. We are 100% volunteer run and are committed to working with families impacted by police and state violence. Let's stop. We are committed to working with families impacted by police and state violence. Do you see anything about gang violence in there? Nope. You know why you don't see that? You can't show any personal responsibility. See, if you go after gangs, gang violence, gang shootings, see, that's uh, that's a hard target. See, that's military terms. See, that's a hard target. So what you do is you go after a bunch of soft targets because soft targets don't mean nothing. You dig what I'm saying? Like in war, right? I'll give you an example. In war in the military, a hard target to be like um, one military branch that's from a foreign nation attacking a military base. Because a military base is a hard target. Trying to run up in the Pentagon, that's a hard target. So you don't do that. So what you do, you attack a hospital. You attack a school because those are soft targets, Right. If you want to see change in Chicago, you got to go after the hard targets. Let's continue, though. The JFF designed campaign strategies and direct actions with families so they can fight for justice for their loved ones. We provide a safe healing space for families to talk about their experience and console each other. And then it says, since 1996... More than 1,600 people have been shot by Chicago cops. The cops is the problem in Chicago. That's an average of more than one a week. Over 90% of black men or boys, oldest kid was 86, youngest was 14. Our hearts go out to the victims that died of gun violence at every level, whether it's uh, by the police or by someone in the community. We're just having a conversation on Real Black Content Forum podcast, right? So there's a breakdown of how many killed by the police. 2017, you see 14 killed. Do you see 2016, 15, 14? They go all the way back and going up to the paragraph in bold print. They did the tally already. Since 1996, which is 14 years ago. More than 1,600 people have been shot by the Chicago cops. All right. But don't we know today's numbers in 2020 that 1,900 people, 1,901 to be exact, but there's a lot left in the year, 
have been shot already in the city of Chicago. But Black Lives Matter Chicago feel the need to use the police as a target of what's wrong with the city. Can't make this stuff up, man. Now I can see what the problem with Chicago is. The mayor is an idiot. And the organizations on the ground that's supposed to help our brothers and sisters that live in Chicago, they're idiots too. We love the NAACP, man. You guys are disconnected. Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter doesn't matter unless you're killed by a white person or the police. We got them already figured out. Otherwise, you don't see them. So when we just watched this video, right, where 15 people was affected by gunfire, don't look for Black Lives Matter. They're not involved or nothing like that. Nope. They're not going to put their hands in that whatsoever. They only pop up and show around when a black person is killed by a non-black person. Then they're everywhere. You can find them. You don't have to find them. They'll find you. This situation, you got to go find them. Because they're not going to be there. You got to go find them. Let's go to the last slide. All right, so this is our, our last line, and we're just going to, we want the family to consider this, right? Chicago, Illinois. How can we fix, as a black community, how can we fix the city of Chicago? Our people is there. We love you guys, man. Let's be clear. We love the city of Chicago. We love Detroit. We love Philly. We love Baltimore, we love L.A., we love Oakland, we love Houston, Atlanta, we love everybody, man. Birmingham, Memphis, Louisville, it's all love, right? New York City. How do you fix Chicago? How do you fix inner city America? Chicago in particular, right, in my estimate, the black marriage percentage rate is too low. There's a hand in hand when you see violence at a high level, that goes hand in hand with single-parent households. It's a fact. It's already been proven. It's already been proven, man. The black marriage percentage rate in Chicago is 17%, man. That means a whole bunch of single parents running around that city. That's not going to work. We have to encourage black men... More because our sisters is already willing, they're waiting, they're ready, right? We got to encourage black men to take on wives, especially with women that they impregnate. Especially, our women is not so in love with the thought of being a single parent that we're running to the fertility bank to get artificially inseminated. It's not happening. Brothers is putting children on women and not stepping up. And as long as you have a city that have the black population of 17% is married, it's going to be dangerous because now you got a bunch of single parents in the area. Period. It don't take a whole lot to fix our people. You ain't got to dump millions and millions on a 
Nah, man, you, you got to get your wife, bro. That's all you want to fix the city. And you have a lot of information. If you can marry your child's mother, that's great. If you can't, and if you can marry somebody else's child's mother, that'd be great also. If you can help your child's mother that who is single find a husband, that'd be great. That's the next level we got to go to. That's how you fix Chicago. 17% is married. Yeah, man, I can guarantee you, right? I can guarantee you. Those guys that jumped out on that video and started shooting had everybody. They ain't got no wives. I can guarantee you, every time you see a violent act in Chicago, those are single men doing that. Ain't no married man out there busting guns in the middle of the day. Like, nah, man, I, they jam me up. I'm away from my wife and my kid. But you know what these uh, single fathers are saying? You can't scare them with putting them in penitentiary because they're not tight with their kids anyway. So now we got to ask our men to step up. If you know you're not going to be tight with your children, if you know you don't like the young lady, it's not going to work, bro. You can't impregnate everybody. It's not going to work. Solution number two. I believe the city of Chicago and other cities as well. No friend zone, man. Dr. Neely Fuller Jr. has two concepts. He have a global concept and he have a domestic concept. I do not agree with the global concept. I criticize him on that one. Domestically, though, he got it figured out. According to Dr. Neely Fuller Jr., he says that black males from 16 to 24, they should avoid each other like the plague. Sister, if you so happen to be a single parent, it's not even worth your child having a friend if you live in Chicago. It's not even worth it. All black males should avoid each other like the plague. And according to Dr. Neely Fuller Jr., he says, man, listen, Black men have poison in their eyes. At 16 to 24, you can't get it out. And until we figure how to get this poison out of our young men, they got to avoid each other. They don't need to be friends. If your friend, if your children, you feel like just have to have a homeboy. And this is uh, kind of like geared towards the brothers because women don't have this issue. You don't see women busting guns left and right. I mean, they do their thing, but not like men. If you're bent on your son having the best friend, at the very least, you should have a what I call a friendship conference, meaning you should be able to meet that friend, sit down and talk with that friend that your child or your son want to have. And not only meet with that friend, you need to meet his parents. You need to see what kind of home he's coming from. You need to see what goals that this young man have that he's hanging around with your son. Just like when you have, when you go to the schoolhouse and they got the parent-teacher conference, and in the parent-teacher conference, you know, and you meet that teacher, and the teacher has an expectation for your child, right? They go over the expectations. I expect your child to do this, that, and the third, while they're presently attending my classroom, right? They put the expectations up front, Right? You as a parent should be doing the same thing because what good is your son having a friend and this friend doesn't have any expectations? So what are you going to do when they hang out with each other? What's the expectation, right? What's the purpose of them even hanging out with each other if you don't know the expectation? If your son want a friend that bad and you live in the city of Chicago, you need to say, listen, if you're my son's friend, this is the expectation that I have for you. 
and you relay that to that parent and that parent relay their expectations on you. And y'all have to agree if anything happened to you or my child as part of this friendship conference, we're going to go to police about it. See, we can't create a revenge psychology in a dynamic where my son and his friend are so close that if something happened to his friend, that's going to drag my son into that to either assisting him on some get back or vice versa with something to happen to my son. And now his friend is going to run out and try to protect the honor of my son and go get get back. See, that's a dynamic that we already see in Chicago. That's tribal. Now, the silver lining in that is that, you know, it kind of says a lot about black men that will go out and pull a firearm for their friend to kill someone else. That's the love part. Now, we can work on that, but there's some poison that's overriding that. So until we can fix the poison part, we already see that there's love because if you're willing to get in the car with a friend of yours and go shoot on his behalf, you love him. We respect the love part. But there's poison involved in that mentality. Y'all got to stay away from each other. Because, see... I'm going to say this and then I'm going to close the video out. See, when you grow up in the hood, you're familiar with gold diggers, right? Gold digger is a female that's after a man for what he has. But we never call out heart diggers, right? A lot of black men in the neighborhood are heart diggers. Do you know what a heart digger is? See, a gold digger goes after the man that has financial wealth. But a heart digger is a brother in the neighborhood and he attaches himself to other men that have heart that he don't have. He does that just in case he get into an issue, he get into a problem. He's going to go get your son to help him because see, your son got the heart. He doesn't have the heart to deal with nothing by himself. Your son has the heart. Your nephew got the heart. See? So if we teach our children to stay away from each other and don't have any friends, when a young man feels violated, if he can't fix it himself, he's going to let it go. That's not what's happening. Gun violence in the neighborhood, there's always two to three people always involved, meaning somebody's the weak link. And somebody is the one that got the heart. And what happens is, see, Whoever has the heart is going to do the most time because when that heart digger get caught by the police after he came and got your son or your nephew who has the heart to help him retaliate on someone else. When they sit in that room with the D.A., with the police, he's going to give your child up. And then your child with all this heart is going to do 20 years in prison. And that hard digger is going to go home and continue to leech off other men in the neighborhood that have heart. Let's stop the cycle, family. Peace and black power to your family. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys so much for hanging out, man. This is Real Black Content, the Forum Podcast, family. I'll get it with you guys later. Peace.